0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Creativity Sucks, a new podcast from Creative Review that aims to examine some of the challenges and preoccupations of the ad and design industry. I'm Eliza Williams, Creative Reviews Editor, and I'll be your host for this show, where we are looking at a subject that has gripped the industry in the past year, the metaverse. The term Metaverse was apparently coined around 30 years ago in the 1992 sci-fi novel Snow Crash, but it's become highly fashionable in the last few years, and in particular since last October, when Mark Zuckerberg rebranded Facebook as Meta and took the term into the mainstream. Since then, there have been many, many conversations about the Metaverse, and a lot of speculation about how it will change our world. So today I'm joined by three expert guests to unravel some of the hype and confusion and to try and answer a simple question. What actually is the metaverse? Joining me on this quest are Emma Chu, who is Global Director at Wonderman Thompson Intelligence, Wayne Deacon, Global Principal at Wolf Olin's, and Grace Francis, Global Chief Creative and Design Officer at Wong Doody. Welcome to the show, everyone. Hi, looking forward to it.
1: Hi there, great to be here. Brilliant.
0: Okay, so to kick us off, I'd just like to test your instinctive reaction to the main question, which just to remind you is what actually is the metaverse? I find that the metaverse can be much discussed but little understood.
2: So how are you explaining it to people? Emma, I'm going to come to you first. What are your thoughts? Yes, the metaverse seems to have many, many different interpretations I think there will be different iterations of the metaverse, just as we've seen different progressions of the internet. And currently, as the metaverse exists, it's a series of virtual worlds that are three-dimensional, persistent, reactive, and social. In the future, the metaverse will be where our virtual and physical lives converge. So we will see the virtual world blend in
1: and blur in with our
2: physical world. Okay.
0: Uh, So, Wayne, I'm going to come to you. Would you agree with that description of Emma's?
1: Yeah, I think it's a funny thing, isn't it? Because I think we're all, although we're so-called experts in a way, I think we're still all searching for the definition because it's a work in progress. Totally agree uh, with Emma. I think, like, the way I always say it is um, it's a sort of a, a set of blurred virtual spaces where you can explore together with people. For me I always think the metaverse is a community first more than a platform Multiverse metaverses whatever the word is. but yeah I think it's those combination of things as the as the internet has grown and developed we've come into this weird space that people are creating uh, the metaverse but there's not just one metaverse in my mind there's multiple metaverses or multiverses, whatever the, I'm not an English person, so I'm Australian originally, so I can't speak properly. I imagine what there is a collective term for that, but the way I view it is through that lens. Yeah,
0: we will get to the language around all this actually, because I think um, potentially that's part of the challenge is um, all these words and how to use them well. Uh, But before we do that, Grace, give me your thoughts. Would you agree with Wayne and Emma?
3: I think we're pulling on all the same threads here. I think it's really interesting that at this point in time, we've plucked Metaverse from a piece of amazing but dystopian sci-fi, which suggests originally... Okay, this is this is the world we want to be because we've abandoned our physical selves. And I think that speaks to a great fear with the metaverse. Is this going to be a place where we um, no longer enjoy uh, physical contact, where we no longer have uh, interactions in person and instead we sit um, stationary on our sofas. Um, but I think Wayne is exactly right with community. Um, we've been playing games for around 5,000 years. Uh, sometimes strategically meeting new cultures and working out how we behave through games, sometimes just having fun. We've been telling stories for even longer. I feel the metaverse is that place for community and the place to do what we inherently do as part of the human experience, which is find ways to authentically connect with each other. Uh, The technology will come uh, and the technology will get easier, Uh, but community for me is uh, all the potential of what the metaverse can be.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I think your point about the dystopian aspect, the, I mean, the timing of certainly this rise in conversation around this is, um, you know, it coming after the pandemic, it, it seems a natural development in a way to the fact that we've had to use technology so much Um that we're kind of used to doing that. But then it also comes at a point where everyone feels, you know, quite isolated. Well, not everyone feels isolated, but theres I'm sure everyone would agree there's been an element of that for most people for the last two years. And are we going to sort of lean into that more with the Metaverse? I mean, Wayne, what... What do you think about that, the sort of dystopian part? Because there's there's both cynicism, but there's also fear, I think, around all this. Would you agree with that?
1: I agree. I, th- I, I don't know. I mean, I'm a designer, I suppose. I always just think it's another platform tool that we can leverage. And I get the dystopia thing, but I'm sure we were having similar conversations when the printing press was created, right? I don't think it's quite Skynet. You know, or where Android's dream type world, where everything is so dystopic. I'm an optimist, so I think technology is a great enabler, a great unlocker for for people to sort of connect more. So I think, yeah, we're going to have a lot of um, negative vibes around it, but it's new, it's interesting, it's undefined. So I think once it becomes a little bit more mainstream and a bit more integrated into people's lives and we see meaningful applications come out of the back of it as well as community, I think it'll get a better PR.
0: Yeah, I think, yes, I think it's about things settling in always with new technologies. it's There's that phase where everyone's a bit confused and bewildered. Emma, are you, are you feeling like it's set, you know, we like I say at the start, there was a year... It's obviously been discussed before Mark Zuckerberg's intervention, but it's been particularly discussed since then. Do you think things have developed much in the past year on this topic?
2: I think since the pandemic, the way technology has evolved um, has really accelerated. Uh, Things that we expected to happen in five to seven years' time is happening right now. So in terms of technology advancements, we've seen a lot of change there. And with that, the metaverse has come about. But quite often, I speak to uh, different people and clients. And I say, if I take metaverse out of this presentation, really, we're just talking about how technology is advancing, how the digital space is evolving. And it becomes less scary. I think when you throw in a word like metaverse, it feels like we don't know what this means. It feels like something completely new. But I question whether it is something completely new or a natural progression of how we are engaging with technology and digital spaces. So that's really how I see it. For me, it's not dystopian or something too out of the ordinary. It's something that feels like a natural evolution of where things are progressing.
0: Yeah, and there's sort of examples you could give of things that are happening now? Because I think also part of the problem with it is that um, there's a sense in which... It feels like something that's not here yet. And yet I feel like there are examples of this around now already. I mean, Emma, can you talk about some examples you you see in your
2: world now that you could describe as metaverse? I think we're already seeing that where a lot of collaborations that are being called metaverse are done with uh, video games. So Roblox, Fortnite, so on and so forth. They're getting a lot of coverage and they're being labelled as the metaverse. So really video games that offer you know this sort of 3d environment where people can um, all create a community and be part of um, our spaces are these virtual spaces that people are going to and brands and you know other influential figures are kind of utilizing these spaces um, as their metaverse outlets. And really when you look at how video games have progressed, It's progressed from something that has been quite solo, where you have to often fight baddies or complete a task of some sort uh, or go on a journey to a place where you just want to hang out in. You know, there's a reason why Animal Crossing became a global phenomenon during the lockdown, because people were able to hang out in a place. It wasn't it was stress free. There wasn't an objective of them to maintain your island. Um, And there's something quite therapeutic about that. So there's different ways to interact in these virtual worlds that I think people are um, starting to think about and starting to use. But these all really stem from video games.
0: Yeah, I think gamers are probably a little bit uh, eye-rolly about uh, everyone's excitement about this in a way because it definitely seems like those, those communities have existed. Grace, would you agree with that, that that's the main place we're seeing what might become a broader metaverse in the future?
3: I think we're seeing a lot of end users enjoy um, places that are about play and community. And I think other environments are uh, testing things out. So I, I completely agree that, that gamers are like, this is this is old hat to us. We've been here before. Um, and we know the benefits of being able to uh, engage together at scale, um, whether you're in a Fortnite squad, um, getting your XP, uh, or you're undertaking uh, more tactical games. I think something that the general public see less of are things like uh, synthetic training environments. So we're talking about people who are using virtual and uh, physical worlds coming together uh, to learn very complex skills. And we might be thinking about people learning to fly, uh, people in armed forces situations, uh, but also emergency services people as well. Um, so how to exit the burning building. And that feels like that has a huge application uh, for the metaverse, but because it's in a very different space away from the pleasure or excitement of end users it probably isn't seen quite as much by our industry um, but still actually requires great creativity and has huge benefits yeah
0: no that's really interesting that those sort of professional uses of of virtual and real life meeting have been going on for a while Wayne is there anything you would want to add to other other examples you've seen already happening?
1: Yeah, I mean just to step back a second. I I think that's a really good point about the 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 gaming aspect as well and not and our lens not being wide enough to see the true potential because I think uh, you know we've become pop culture sort of obsessed with the metaverse in a way. And that's you know you can thank Um, Ready Player One and lots of just lots of sort of sci-fi-ish films for that I actually think it's great in in many sense you know my son who has um, sort of uh, let's just say uh, neurodiverse issues finds um, roadblocks a really good place basically because he can connect with people in a way he wants to connect and I think the power of the metaverse to sort of like cross communities and connect people's really strong so you know I, all the usual suspects like roadblocks and fortnites and people like people like that but i i do think there's there's emerging sort of cool stuff which are you know gala which is another one which is an esports um platform that uh gives more free int exchange it's esports and it's probably fits into the gaming world but like i think that's quite interesting and also even down something like pokemon go right? Which maybe isn't metaverse, but this is where it comes back to that definition to sort of pin down what we haven't pinned down what it is. So I think we're going to see more and more interesting stuff emerge into the public realm when we get into the way it it can become not just gaming, connecting people, but also tools for connecting and training and making things good. You know, I know Facebook not Facebook, Meta now, sorry, Um, timely, Um, are creating their Horizon workspaces and things like that. So I think it'll be interesting to see what comes out of the back of that.
3: I think it's also worth acknowledging that um, we're at a point in history where we've stopped seeing games as lowbrow and just for kids, but we're also starting to see the metaverse represent incredible artistic experiences. So Epic Games, working with Stanley Donwood and Radiohead, To create an exhibition that, even when I live in central London and can walk into some of the best galleries in the world, was still the most meaningful artistic experience I had the year that it came out. To be in a physical environment where suddenly uh, the rules of physics no longer apply feels transcendental. And to be gifted that through a screen, you know, we used to think that screens fed the eyes and starved the other senses. And in the 1950s, we might have thought that we were going to get smell-o-vision at this point, um, and we would have these all-encompassing physical elements. But even through a flat screen, the metaverse feeds the emotions, and we can feel things we didn't feel before because these experiences are more real than real. They give us something new and art is an incredible way to explore that
1: that's a good point because i think like if you go back to the invention of the internet you know and and the evolution of you know where we are you know in web 3 or beyond it's starting to give us the ability to really connect what the internet was for in a way you know we're not restricted by the screen so to speak we're getting more immersed and we're getting more fluid in the way that we can navigate with information and data and um, you know shift in technology.
0: Yeah I I feel we see a, a huge amount of excitement maybe from the generation who were there and Stanley Donwood's actually an example of this really who were there at the start of you know the origins of digital the huge excitement then about sort of the potential artistically and freedoms and so on i hear a lot from those that generation about they see 3.0 as the return of that you know which i think in between had been a bit ruined by the corporations or, or at least that's how it's perceived is there a reason to be optimistic in that sense or, or will this get sort of controlled by two or three businesses and you know mega businesses that kind of lock that down again emma what do you think about that are we being over optimistic to see this as a a, a new
2: freedom of digital I think what's important when we talk about this is also to look at the younger generation. So Generation Z, for example, they are a generation where they want to take things into their own hands. Um, already, the way they're operating is not led by big corporations. In fact, a lot of big corporations have to either involve them or um, find ways to kind of get them uh, to be part of their uh, what they're doing. And with that, we're starting to see it happen with. Um, A lot of things on the internet. Um, So I think a great example is how Facebook wanted to, uh, not Facebook, Instagram, wanted to roll out um, a new format. And people, there was just huge backlash against it, and they had to um, go back to the original format. So I think we shouldn't underestimate people's power in what will become of uh, the internet, whether it's Web 2 or Web 3. I think when we talk about Web 3, we're also thinking about ownership. So having everyone own a slice of the internet. I think that's something quite interesting, uh, which we're definitely exploring quite a lot of. But also, I think we've also learned that we think the possibilities of creativity will be abundant in this space as well. So to Grace's point where, you know, in this digital world where we don't need to be bound by sort of these physical constraints, we're starting to see that, with a lot of the technology that we've been introduced to. And as these advancements go, people will, as they're creating, they don't want big brands to be owning what they've created, even though they use their tools and platform, they want to own it. So these are questions and things that we're starting to um, think about ownership. Uh, And I think this is something that we'll have to continue to question as things unfold. Yeah, I think it's interesting
0: and also sort of around payment and all these things that maybe we've learnt the hard way through the last 20 years. Grace, what do you think about this, the sort of burgeoning excitement of the creative potential? Do you see a huge potential in what's to come?
3: I think there's enormous potential. And, you know, the philosopher Alan de Botton says, uh, in order to create seismic change, you need an organised body or a platform. And uh, it doesn't matter what that platform is. You know, in theory, I'm sure there were kids that could start a revolution on Club Penguin. Uh, All you need to do is have that space and make it your own. The way the internet connects us, the way we can find communities that aren't geolocated is astounding. I'm transgender. My For You page on TikTok doesn't have a single cisgendered person because naturally the algorithm has just brought me people like me. We have to be aware of bubbles, but how wonderful that there's a space for transgender people, queer people, neurodiverse people. And um, I think in previous situations, it would have, you know, Stanley Donwood would have had to find a space, put it into the world and hope other people could make it to code it end to end. Um, And now I'm very happy squatting in Decentraland um, with my uh, alphabet mafia friends. Like that's pretty cool. And I'm sure art will come from that and joy will come from that
1: it's an underlining issue i think the power of the metaverse is this idea of um like at wolf islands we call it blurred identities where like today you have more than one identity right how you self-identify in different platforms is very different you know how i talk to my mom and and it's very different than how i show up on linkedin or sort of instagram or or whatever basically so I think the power of like the metaverse in the future is giving people those platforms and those freedom of expression to be who they really are. And I think that's a great thing because it's going back to the community thing, being with people who um, have the same vision and values as you is so important today, especially for Gen Z, like you said, and Gen Alpha. And I think the power of the metaverse where it's not centralized, like old traditional sort of platforms and media channels where it's it can be disruptive and interesting and actually all these little pockets of fantastic cool interesting communities pop up and get together I think that's really powerful and that's it that must be me being an optimist obviously that must be a good thing for the world when the world's on fire and everything like that you know I've seen starters of things where people are like you know world wild wildlife fun uh, trying to use the metaverse at the moment to, as a tool to sort of Educate people around rubbish, right? And I thought, okay, it's it's not my favorite execution of it, but I like the intent of where they're trying to do this, basically. So I think this idea of how people can sort of reframe their identity in a new way, in in an avatar or anything, and bring stuff to life—that must be a good thing, I think.
2: And just to add to both of the points, um, we found from a survey that we conducted. Um, earlier this year that people felt they were allowed to be more authentic and individual within the metaverse. So from the data points, um, 76% say they would like their avatar to express their creativity and individuality in ways that they can't in the physical world. So that point, I think, is quite interesting, the difference between how you can be uh, yourself in the metaverse versus the physical world. And also 51% say they feel like it would be easier to be their true authentic self in the metaverse. So perhaps people are able to um, learn more about themselves and explore themselves in ways that they can't in the physical world. I think these areas are very interesting for us to learn and understand as the metaverse society is being created.
0: Yeah, completely. It makes me wonder though, so how do brands fit into this because I mean the benefits for individuals and groups and communities seem amazing but what are you advising the clients you work with how can brands be part of this without sort of potentially being intrusive or being presumptive or um, do they need to be invited in Wayne what what are the conversations you're having with clients around all of this
1: yeah it's a really tricky question and it's like yeah, It depends on the brand and depends on what their their vision or their purpose is in a way. Because it's like no brand wants to be the guy at a house party that is going around talking at everybody and everybody's trying to avoid them. And I think sometimes brands step into this and they might have good intentions, but the way they execute or the way they sort of like show up is totally inauthentic. And it just doesn't work, basically. So it's important. It's the future. So like, you know, brands need to be part of it. And I also think like the way that you co-create with your audience, the way that sort of you make your brands composable so that actually you you don't have full control, but you give a bit more control over to your audience, the community, and you co-create together. I think that's the more interesting place because I think brands' roles... They really need to decide first, you know, what is your role in this place? Are you a facilitator or are you someone who's creating something? What do you want to do? You know, because sometimes it's just you can facilitate and step back and that could do you well. Or sometimes you need to sort of be more active. So I can't really answer that in any sort of, you know, cool, interesting way. I think it's it really depends on the brand. But I think the authenticity thing is really, really key because, you don't you don't want to be a brand that steps into a place and actually everybody ignores you or kicks you out basically
0: yeah totally grace what what do you think about this are you uh what kind of advice are you offering to to clients for how to navigate these new spaces?
3: We're talking a lot about making authentic connections with audiences and letting go of that very old muscle memory from the creative industry about being persuasive about grabbing the audience's attention and persuading them this is where you need to be that's when it doesn't work you can spend all your money turning up in Fortnite, uh but if everybody's just running through to grab the xp they end up feeling disenfranchised because they've been forced to listen to a bit of a jazz concert they otherwise wouldn't and instead if we can make that authentic connection that we see in all sorts of other ways, you know D to C brands are so good at this. They show who they are, they demonstrate who they are in a human way and then they say, come and join us, be part of this. Um, So that's what we're doing. We just did a piece with um, Lamborghini for an Unreal engine emulator. No tech, no gatekeeping, you don't need something heavy on your head. It works in a browser and I'm pretty sure we just sold a Lamborghini to a 15 year old who's going to grow up and buy one in like 2048 because he's had the taste of what it feels like to customise the supercar and he's going to grow up and make banks specifically to follow that dream to buy one and you know in however many decades time because it's an authentic experience and supercars are exciting and thrilling they're heart racing it would be very weird if Lamborghini turned up and said hi we're going to Host this corner into central land, please get a parking space that would be heartbreaking,
0: yeah, the authenticity i mean it's a word that's used a huge amount, and you i mean the example there you gave around d to c I think is really a good one because in some ways, I suppose it's the transactional element with d to c perhaps as a customer, you know why you're there, but you're still having that brand experience. And it isn't just about sort of the more manipulative side of advertising. But Emma, what do you think? Because I I do sometimes struggle with the word authentic with brands. I feel like I don't fully get exactly what that means in the sense of a brand almost
2: as an individual being authentic. I mean, can you go into that a little bit more for me, Emma? Just chiming into Grace's point about uh, a younger person engaging with a brand. I think a lot of younger generations their first understanding or touch point with a brand may well be in the metaverse. And therefore, if they're going to have a first interaction or presence with a brand in the metaverse, how can you foster and nurture a relationship with that person? And I think this is where it's quite important when talking to brands to remind them the metaverse is an important channel, but it's a channel that's not about the hard sell. Uh, So we need to kind of correct that part of it, because I think a lot of clients ask me, how am I making money? How do you measure the success of this? And that may be an incorrect way to measure success in the metaverse by looking at the financial return. Really, I think the metaverse could be a great way to gain loyalty and engagement. And therefore, I think if brands are able to think about the metaverse in a way where it's more focus on nurturing meta-societies. Their role in nurturing these societies could be really pivotal in how people engage and think about the brand. And increasingly, we are seeing the role of a brand changing. It's less about um, just selling products and services. In fact, in the physical world, we want them to do a lot more. They want, we want them to support climate change, social issues. So within the metaverse, we want all of that. But the metaverse operates slightly differently. So how can they nurture a meta society that is safe for people, that is you know, engaging, people want to return to, they feel included. So these are things that we talk to a brand about when it comes to the metaverse.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that's a really good point cuz like the way that I view it is um, brands were obsessed with acquisition, you know, back in the day. I think retention is the new acquisition. So basically, as a brand, you need to hold on to your customer. You need to be more journey centric. You need to sort of value where your your customers are going to show up. And they're going to show up in the metaverse, right? So they're going to and as people and brands Uh, move seamlessly between two different, you know, physical, digital, intangible worlds. I think being part of that value exchange with a person to offer something and to go to your point uh, around authenticity, I think it's all about value exchange. I think that's the best way. It's like, what do I get out of this? What what am I willing to give up for you as a brand to give me, basically? Or what are you going to enable me? So I think this idea that brands need to generate a much more an emphasis on creating much more loyal customer bases is is part of the reason why a brand needs to show up in the metaverse even more?
0: Yes. We're in a recession. I think we're officially in a recession now. Um we're certainly in a a point of of uh economic turmoil. Um do you think all brands should be thinking about this? When brands are looking at their budgets, there, you know, some you know there's talk of people stopping marketing altogether. Should the metaverse really be a priority to, to br- all brands now? I mean, will this become something that if, the you know, in the way that there were certain brands that didn't do digital until far too late, do you think that brands should be thinking in those terms about this, that, that this is something that can't just be ignored or put off? What are you advising
3: on that front? Grace, what do you think? I sat in a meeting with a person who will remain entirely anonymous and he said... Uh, We've got to get in now. Now's the opportunity. If you don't get in now, you're losing out. This is web 3.0. And if if your brand doesn't do this, you're fucked. And uh, I thought, I just said, no, I completely disagree. Uh, That's not the case at all, because that sounds a lot like what every manipulative salesperson I've ever heard say about anything that he feels the pressure to sell. Uh, There's plenty of time and room. And I would say uh, different platforms and the infrastructures around them Uh, will be built out by those who have the funds. And there will be opportunities in this next generation for brands to exist in those platforms without having to do all of the legwork, all of the grounding, all of the tech hosting. It's not going to go away. It's only going to get richer and sweeter. So join the party when you're ready. And I think a lot of the responsibility of what we have um, as agencies is to say, Here's when we think there's an opportunity for you as a brand. Um, Or sit and watch or play or have a small test. Um, But in no way do you have to, everybody has to jump in on the ground floor now or you're going to miss out. Um, If anything, it's going to just keep getting more exciting, more open. uh, And those opportunities will be there for you when it's right for you. Um, I'm not sure anybody needs um, a virtual taco right now.
1: <laughs> I love virtual <laughs> <laughs> Wayne, know, Wayne's down for two.
3: No. Are down for two. I might have room for a third. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, the only thing I'd say to that, you know, I, yeah, hundred percent. But but what I do think is important, like um speaking from a design point of view, right? I I, I think it's important that we create brands and toolkits and guidelines for brands. um of how they can extend and stretch themselves into these different areas. So like when we design an identity or a design sort of like a, a design system, we're, we're, we're designing sort of stuff to go, okay, it's got to show up in, in different ways. So like, how is that identity going to appear within the metaverse? How is that going to work? How is it going to stretch? How's the design going to be, um, be able to be deconstructed and reconstructed with people? basically. So I think that's important for us, you know, um, creating, refreshing, or reimagining brands, you know, we we always are now designing guidelines and, and as opportunities, as opposed to just like, here's a static guideline, you know, I, I think that's important.
3: Amen, I absolutely love that. And again, it's about understanding, we are considering for the future as we think about how the brand exists and how that design system exists, knowing you might be coming in tomorrow or a little bit later. Um, but we've thought about that and considered that, knowing that the metaverse isn't going away.
0: Yeah, it all gets gets less gimmicky then, doesn't it? I think the ad world has been very guilty of of tech gimmickry in the past, and which is perhaps where some cynicism can come around these developments that, you know, is it something that's just going to be another flash in the pan? Um, Emma,
2: what what do you think on all this side of it? I would say that every brand that has a digital presence will need to start thinking and preparing for the metaverse because it is an evolution of where the digital space is heading. But to Wayne and Grace's point, it's not about needing to jump in right now. This is why I think preparing and acknowledging and understanding the metaverse is very important um, because also how you show up in the metaverse uh, can make people think differently about your brand. And there has been a lot of criticism, as we've kind of um, alluded to earlier, of brands jumping into the metaverse and getting quite a lot of backlash for not showing up in the right way. And I think this is, again, examples of not just jumping on the bandwagon for the sake of it, um, or because your competitor is doing it, so you're going to do something exactly the same. It's about how can your brand show up in the metaverse in a way that works not only for your brand, but the um, people that you want to connect with and resonate with, and also potential future people that you want to connect with. So it's definitely a place where you can foster community. So if we think about the metaverse as a place to um, reach out to communities that you think your brand wants to reach out to, how can you do that? When should you do that? And how can you do that in a way that is, offers value? is ethical, is thoughtful, inclusive. So again, these are a lot of questions that we want to confront now before we have all the issues that we're dealing with right now with uh, the internet, where we have privacy issues, where we run into not feeling inclusive. So if we can prepare and start paving the way right now with these questions in mind, I think um, brands can have an upper hand in the metaverse. So it's not about doing it right now. It's about doing it uh, thoughtfully uh, and with intent.
1: The other thing I think that's really interesting is I think Western brands have a very different view on this than, say, other parts of the world. Because I've been out in um, Seoul. We have a lot of clients in South Korea. And actually, it's really interesting to see the difference in their attitude towards the metaverse and the blurring worlds that are out there compared to some of the traditional Western brands. And I think there is a danger that Western brands can be too conservative and can be sort of not prioritize enough a view on the future, um, whether they step in or not. But like actually having that sort of like eye open to the future is really important. Whereas I'm seeing loads of progressive North Asian brands, and also sort of independent small brands um, doing really cool shit with small budgets in interesting ways. And I think there's a real danger that these big legacy brands are going to be history if they don't sort of have an eye and a lens towards the future and, and sort of get the shit together a bit, basically. Cause I don't, I, I, you know, whether they step in or not, I think it's important to sort of recognize the shift in this global world, basically. And I find all the, independent smaller d2c and small and some of the other regional brands sort of like who are exporting to the world really amazing what they're doing with small budgets and so it's just their their appetite is just more hungry and i think that really appeals to the gen z gen alpha type communities out there
2: and i just want to um add to wayne's point we ran a survey that looked at us uk and china And what we found uh, in China, they felt technology can help nurture um, digital relationships. So 84% said technology has deepened relationships with their friends and family. And 87% say technology helps create and promote empathy. So I think also the way we think about technology and the way we want to utilize it in a way that could promote empathy is something that the Western world may be only starting to adopt now, and perhaps the metaverse can help open that up.
0: I think it's a really interesting point. We're nearly out of time, so I just want to bring up one quite key point around this, which is about sort of access and equality of access and inclusivity and so on. Because I think in South Korea, my understanding is that they just have, their internet connectivity is way, way better. <laughs> and it's way more...
1: It's not like super Basically, yeah.
0: You know, that changes your attitude to technology immediately. Whereas, you know, in the UK, there's a lot of variation to what people have access to, not just on the internet, but also in terms of kit and in terms of, you know, your ability to be part of these worlds. And it seems to me that's, again, a place where brands can play a part, certainly. But I think there's enough attention being paid to that because I know there has been talk, and certainly Emma, you were saying about learning from the past around sort of the biases that we've seen in um, the internet, you know, that have been built into the internet and designed in often, how do we avoid repeating all those mistakes again and making this, these developments, something that's really available for all age groups, available for all uh, people of all like financial circumstances. I mean, is enough being done around that? I guess this is to finish. It's a big question to finish on,
2: but but emma do you, are, you, are you seeing this in your research that the these problems yeah quite often in our research it's the older generation that brings down the average um and i think it's because they don't feel like they are part of the metaverse or they need to be part of the metaverse and of course when you think about the marketing quite often it is tailored to the younger generation and they brands think this is where the younger generation are hanging out in. So let's make sure all of our marketing and language is focused on that. Because we're talking about community and something that we learned in the pandemic is people of varying generations bonded over video games. Um, They were able to game with their children, their grandchildren, and that offers a different type of relationship. We can probably do this in the metaverse. And I think maybe Brands can do a better job with being more inclusive across de- generations with who's invited uh, to be part of their metaverse. To your earlier point about general access, you know, when we go back to the, the internet, of course, not everyone had access to the internet initially, but we don't want to repeat what happened back then. So if we're able to offer access to everyone with the metaverse and not restricting it to certain hardware so vr for example can be quite expensive and restrictive i think there's ways that we can make it a bit more open to all but ultimately i do think there will be different tiers of the metaverse um, that can offer different types of access
3: i completely agree with what emma's saying i also think there's an element which is holding in mind the gatekeeping of uh, those with tech knowledge So it's really interesting when we think about the fact that um, how many conversations have we had where you've spoken about the metaverse and tech bros and early adopters have used a lot of jargon, have tried to claim it's more complicated than it is. And when you investigate it, you realize it isn't. And everybody we've spoken with today, it's actually been incredible that none of us have done that. We've spoken in plain language. We've been open with each other. We're making guesses, uh, our predictions. Those early adopters are doing that because we're we're turning up in their spaces. If going to the if you're a gym bunny, um, it's horrible in January because all these newbies have turned up. If you're a pub fan, Christmas is horrible because you can't get a seat at your favourite table. And what they're really asking is, what are you doing on my lawn? Who are all these new people who've turned up taking a space that I liked, that I made, that was previously mine? And we need to be inclusive, and this is the moment in history we're at with the metaverse where there isn't quite enough room um, for everybody to have their space, and we need to be very, very careful that those who are already here aren't gatekeeping, aren't holding onto it and saying, this is mine, it's not yours, um, because that's exactly what we might see in a subreddit forum where certain people are marginalised, minoritized, not like us and kept away. We need to make sure we're building communities um, and we're dismantling the idea that the metaverse is just for one type of people. And those people are people who understand technology.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Wayne, what, what do you think to finish off? Because we're, we're really out of time. But what do you think to on all of this point about inclusivity?
1: I think technology will, will um, enable and catch up just like cars, right? You know, people had horses and then they had cars. And now hopefully we're moving to sort of electric cars or even sort of other ways of transport right and i think it'll catch up i think that i think the great thing about the metaverse is yes okay there are restrictions in the technology and access to that but eventually hopefully it won't be that way and we can all sort of like have access to it and do cool things because i think it's so um amazing that it's it can create like so much inclusivity for people and access for people to connect with like-minded people wherever they are in the world or wherever the space they are we're not restricted by the village that we live in or the country we live in or the politics that we're under i think that's the great thing about it so for, for so for me i think um once we get all the technology shit and access sorted out of the way i think it'll be um a, a really good future
0: Oh, what a great note to end on. I think we'll finish it there. I think what's obvious from our conversation is we're all figuring it out, really, aren't we? So there's a long way to go. And I feel we could all get back together. Maybe we should in um a year or so. And the developments will be enormous. And that's that's what's so exciting, really. But we're going to leave it there for this episode of of Creativity Sucks. Huge thanks to Grace, Emma and Wayne for all your really valuable insights and thoughts and thanks to everyone for listening as ever you can access creativity sucks via all your usual podcast outlets and you can also find out more about creative review at creativereview.co.uk thanks a lot for listening